2: Middle call, Hey hey!
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, depending where you're at, Thursday of the next day, depending on what part of the world you're on. great to have you. I'm Guy. That's John. And uh, this is our show. Everyone talks shit about Thursday Night Football all season long. Turn on the TV
4: tonight. See what's on. See if you're still complaining.
3: Uh, I missed it last week, too.
4: Yeah. It's just
3: there's a, These Monday night games are terrible. And you're like,
4: I'm just flipping channels. Like, I I can't watch this uh, murder show for the 17th time.
3: The thing is, the main complainer is Al Michaels. That's the thing. Al is the one that complains the most about Thursday Night Football. I don't think he put on a tie this year. <laughs> I was watching the championship game Monday, wondering, like, would Al be complaining about this game if he was calling the championship <laughs> game right now?
4: I, I actually think he got a bad rap, you know, everyone was making fun over the course of the year his dress code, a lot of like pullovers and stuff. Like yeah. Does he does Al Michaels need to be now he's been doing that for a little while, like he's calling a football game where they're sitting in sweats down like below him? Like I think yeah, I, don't, I don't particularly care. I'm with you on that. Uh, I've always been a big believer. We should transition more a little looser. If
3: if you can pull it off,
4: you know, just the fanatics
3: to me, basketball football is the one where you could most do it because football is an event, you know, like baseball. You definitely don't need to be wearing a suit. Like when you watch the national championship game and all those guys are Reese Davis. And, you know, like that feels it's a big event. You know what I mean? I wouldn't put them in tuxes, but national championship games different than a Thursday night game against the Titans and the Texans, though. Yeah. Have we checked? Have, uh, how many people went to the hospital from SoFi? Is everybody out of the hospital from SoFi Stadium on Monday? I saw a photo today. <laughs> it was not funny. Of somebody, they were okay, but they were getting carted off. You know, was, people slipped falling all over that place. Yeah. It's uh, it's slippery. <laughs> Did you watch Bullet Train since we last talked? No, I have not. Somebody messaged me and said they watched it or us, and said they watched it and they and so Now I I
4: was forced into watching like <laughs> Dorm Murders just. I'm sorry.
3: Dorm murders? Just
4: it's like basically a sh- it's some show about like college kids getting killed. I mean, it's not. I don't know. I am just not into those type of shows. But how about
3: the coupo uh, sisters? Did you watch that show?
4: Uh yeah, I I I watched a couple episodes. Yes, yeah, not I proud. Know, it's fucking beyond stupid.
3: Doing some recon on that one. Uh, we are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. When you flip on the TV Thursday night and there is no football, reach for a Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. That's where it's at. Yep. Tito's,
4: go right now. We, we, time to stock because we got, let's face it, You know, Friday, you're you working a full day. <laughs> get people from home, you guys know you ain't, haven't worked a full day in a long time. Uh, and I don't blame anyone. Friday, most of us transition around lunchtime. We're ready to get going. If, we're at, if you work from home, you don't really do much on Friday, and you just get ready for the weekend. And what this weekend has is football, football, and more football. Now, when you look at the slate of games – I actually think Tito's is is required. It's not – if you just said this was a weekend in the NFL, like week six, you, you wouldn't be like, this is the greatest weekend ever. It just kind of feel like – honestly, the, it feels like a normal weekend when you just look at the lineup. I think Tito's will add I, – I get it's playoff football, but I think next week's of the week, you might need some Tito's. So go get yourself a bottle, go get yourself a handle. Because
3: I, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, guy, but the slate, not great. No, I actually I I agree with you. If you say, like, all right, this is a regular is week seven. These are your games. Which game you gotta watch? Seahawks, Niners, Giants, Vikings, Chargers, Jags, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Cowboys, Bucks.
4: If Lamar was playing, Ravens and Bengals would be a real game. If if he's not, like, I'm sorry.
3: Is Tyler Huntley playing? We're still waiting to find out.
4: What what time would Chargers Jags be kicking off? In Jacksonville, that'd be a 10 a.m. kickoff.
3: Yeah, yeah, a 10 a.m. Pacific <laughs> kick. Right. Where no one would pay attention and be like, oh, some weird shit's happening here in the fourth quarter. Tie game, you know. Well, Dolphins-Bills would be the 10 a.m. Pacific game on Sunday, which it is. Yes. I, I actually think,
4: while it's probably the worst game on paper, that might be strong. As, you know, just in terms of the brands, national, I think Jacksonville, uh, say L.A., could be the best, most entertaining game. I expect
3: that thing to be weird. I agree with you. Is it? Uh, we checked. No, there's no bad weather. It can be good weather in Jacksonville. Yeah, neither Seahawks get weird, John, with weather. But whatever you do, Tito's handmade vodka. Belly up to the bar. Bring it over to somebody's house. Hunker down with it at your home. Always have it on hand. No frills. No BS. Just top quality. Top, top, top quality. Drink it by itself. Mix it with some ginger beer. Mix it with some lemonade. Mix it with some tea. Get some recipes from the Tito's website. There's all kinds of great options. Some tonic, some soda, some pample mousse, uh, whatever you want to mix it with. <laughs> Big Pamp guy. Uh, middle cough there. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Also brought to you by our friends at Draft Kings for Wild Card Round action DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL is the place to go. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers, I knew it, can get a no sweat bet each day of the Wild Card Round this weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code HAM. New customers can get $5 on the NFL, get 250 uh get 200 in Try again. 200 in free bets instantly, not 50. Five bucks on the NFL gets you 200 in free bets instantly. Code Ham, only a DraftKings sports book. I got it.
4: 21 plus most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario and Ohio. Bonuses issued as is free bets. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to $10. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Splash. Slash. Slash. Sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in New York 1 8, excuse me, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.com. slash football terms. That's hard to say. I mean, I, I know. I rushed it
3: and it's, there's some tongue twisters in there. There are. There are. Uh, Just a quick little follow-up on the Tito. Steven asked, what's your go-to ginger beer? Got to go Fever Tree if you haven't tried it. If Fever Tree's good, it's like $17 for six ounces of Fever Tree. I go with Reeds from Trader Joe's because that one can be $9 for a little six-pack at your local store too. Trader Joe's is like $4.29 for a six-pack. And the best part is they have a sugar-free option. Because as you know, John, ginger beer can be like 32 grams of sugar in, in one little bottle so people love the fever tree but holy smokes nothing says i'm rich like uh, holding a bottle of fever tree you don't like slamming the type 2 diabetes drink but canada dry <laughs> if i'm on a plane i'll divulge i'll but i, I not divulge indulge but yeah, yeah um uh, yeah i don't know if you got a ginger beer take but no i had a trader joe's
4: take I had their fried rice frozen fried rice pretty good yeah. <laughs>
3: Look at they're you. Chinese. They're Chinese food. You know, it's pretty
4: good. Yes, I'm not gonna is.
3: lie. The orange chicken, I recommend. Yeah, they're pot stickers, are fried rice. Pot stickers are fantastic. <laughs> they got some good shit. I'll give you that. Uh, give the that. pot stickers <laughs> are really good. They're not. You know, they sponsor like some podcasts. The pot stickers?
4: No, Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh, I was. I, I I I am a sucker for a good pot sticker. Just, let's we, face it. Have you ever had a bad pot sticker. sticker? You haven't.
3: <laughs> well, I'm on Butcher Box. Where's the pot stickers box? <laughs> Still grubbing on butcher box foods. Uh, potstick are so good. Uh, hey, by the way, Jen, before we go any further, which is what I say when we start an ad, but this is not an ad. Shout out to our guy, Juice Kyle Yuschek, friend of the show, the official fullback of Haberman and Middlecoff. Who yesterday, Wednesday, was it Wednesday or was it this morning? Yesterday, and it was, was here, named it was. an all pro, an all pro as voted by his peers. And he tweeted a message that said, outside of being top 100, this is the greatest honor of my career. So congratulations, Juice. Well-deserved. Well-earned. Well-deserved.
4: I, I thought I knew the uh, best fullback I'd ever know in uh, Lorenzo Neal from uh, Lamore. just That's just no no longer the case. Oh, wow. Kyle Juszczyk, I, I would say the most versatile fullback in the history of fullbacks. I, listen, a soft spot for low. Friend of the program, friend yep. of yours and i's. I didn't know Mike Allstott. Always liked him. Uh, I, I always put him too, but I, I would go. I would go juice, and then you go coin flip Allstott and, and low. I, I'd lean low, just Fresno State. No, personally, but uh, juice takes a cake.
3: Yeah, Niners have had some good fullbacks. Yeah.
4: Remember last year when Juice is like gonna test the market for agency? Came back, smart I move. Did. We interviewed him, and he was like,
3: "Well, we'll see what's out there."
4: <laughs> Kyle's like,
3: "Come on." Come on! I know you won't leave. Dude's Dude. gonna have like a ten-year Niner career. I was watching the uh, Chiefs Niners was on NFL you Network. Call, you time. follow Juice's dog on Instagram? Uh, uh, not Snowflake, Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to pet Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Uh, the dog show was on TV today, and they had a dog like Mozzarella. Whatever that. Whatever that dog is called. Yeah, Big, fluffy, white, fluffy dog. Yeah. Those dogs are 100 of the time cute. Every time that dog is smiling, just very cute. Whatever brand of dog that is,
4: Mozzarella is a good-looking dog.
3: <laughs> it's a great name too. Niners, yeah. So Rathman, Bruce Miller, <laughs> Will, William Floyd. Good, good run of. Uh, Do you
4: scrub Bruce Miller from the uh, from the history books I, after I you think, beat up that guy. <laughs> I
3: don't think so. I think he's on the field here, John.
4: I'll never forget the bay club in Walnut Creek, seeing uh this guy walk in. I'm like, God damn, this guy looks familiar. And then I'm sitting at the table where kind of like the cafeteria area is, and a lot of people go in there to work. And it was clear, like this person brought out the books. Like, I think that looks like a lawyer. I'm like, that's Bruce Miller. And I think they were uh, you know, fighting for their uh oh <laughs> survival. A lawyer with Bruce Miller, not <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to save him after he beat the shit not out of the old man lawyer. and the kid, you know, at the at fisherman's wharf. And then did Bruce was that someone else that threw the phone? Remember that? Remember through the girlfriend's phone? Yeah. Yeah. Bruce threw the girlfriend's phone and he beat up the
3: old guy. Rough rough stretch. Two different incidents. Yeah. No love for Fred Beasley. And the greatest Niner fullback, Marcel Reese. You mean uh, the
4: assistant owner?
3: The assistant owner of the Raiders. (laughs) That's
4: right. Marcel, whatever he ever asked you to do, never become the general manager. Stay in your position. So keep that salary and just keep kicking it. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you stay on the search committee. Talk about dress codes. No one has no dress code quite like the Raiders. You can be the GM, the owner. You can fucking wear whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. What if you started? I remember
3: Mayock used to wear hats to games. You know,
4: yeah. He'd be like wearing a Raider pullover with a hat. It's like,
3: this isn't practice, Mike. What about like if they, if you got hired? you start wearing like stonewashed jeans and a white long sleeve to try and just like, you know, subconsciously make Mark Davis think you're you're like him, you know, power. Yeah. Power play. (laughs) Everyone would know what you're up to. You know, it's not very subtle. (laughs) I just start dressing like the boss, you know, boss wears a tie. I wear a tie. He keeps everything simple. You know, Steve Jobs, Jim
4: Harbaugh, they they never have to think about their outfit. I saw Mark doing that made a lot of sense Started resonating with me.
3: I do it too. Very dangerous in terms of like getting sauce on yourself. Whatever.
4: I there is no one that wears light stuff and immediately spills what typically coffee, but any meal. Because I'm a, I'm a ketchup sauce guy just to begin with, so it's Big just you, you know I know. <laughs>
3: remember Mark? There was that visual. Didn't he spill? You know one of them? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we had the Buck Mason sponsorship. I got a white hoodie, like a cream colored hoodie. I love it. I still wear it, but it's just taking a risk every time i put it on johnny cash you know he was ahead of the curve you just go black it's hard yeah he was, to to yeah, <laughs> he was definitely on something uh anyway congratulations use check i know you're listening to this as you're in the pool hanging out with mozzarella and your wife so uh, be- be- before actually, we dive he in, just, in the- he just won an award for the best uh the media the local media just gave him an award i just saw on twitter for being um gracious and easy to work with i mean so one of the great fullbacks of all time good looking harvard educated rich
4: Cute dog. Shit, I mean, he's got life by the balls. Yep. Just an all-around good dude, too, you know? You know who might have life by the balls and got a pretty good gig? Kind of like Marcel Reese, just kind of knows that he's got something going on. you see the story yesterday that Adam Peters declined everything from Rap Sheet? Yeah, I did see that. What do you think of that? You know Adam. Yeah, I mean, well, the GM jobs that he declined, not great. Uh, you basically just... Vrabel's uh, henchmen of just accumulating information. Obviously, if you go to the the Titans, while he's a good coach, you are just answering to him. I wouldn't call that a true GM job, though. He last year, I guess, interviewed for the Carolina Panthers job that had rule. But maybe you saw the force for like he realized like this could be one and done. I could be in charge. Uh, The Cardinals, you do have to deal with Kyler Murray and kind of the organization, which is a little weird and because remember, he wanted the Giants' job, and they went with the the guy from the Bills. Like, and that's a true GM job. You get to hire the coach, and mm-hmm. that's a great job. Uh, to me, I just think you've worked this long, your resume is that good. Y- you wait for a job where you're the actual GM, and you your can come in. I like,
3: could too, right? Your yeah, job, yeah, your right job's good.
4: You get to, yeah, your job's good now. But like, can I hire the coach where we're? there's a cohesion between the two of us. I'm not at the point like John Schneider has developed. He has a fantastic job, but when John Schneider was hired, he was, you know, he worked for Pete I mean, still technically he does, but he, you know, he worked into that over a decade long to be like, have a lot of juice. Yeah. I think if you've gone this far and you got rings and success and you have a lot of juice with the, one of the best organizations in football, do you want to go back to like the ground floor? I don't know.
3: One of the best, org- you know, you work with John Lynch. Um, is there a time where there was smoke? Maybe there will be fire with McVeigh. Maybe the same will be said for Lynch. Do The Niners at some point win a Super Bowl or Brock Purdy wins his third championship and Lynch is like, all right, that's enough for me. I don't know. You know, but Adam, Adam's young. He doesn't have to. He's not like this is my one shot. Um, maybe this is the shot he wants. And maybe he feels like eventually he'll get it as the Niners general manager. Maybe John becomes, you know, you elevate him to some presidential title. President of leads. P- P- President of leads. Yeah. Lynch starts building leads and Adam becomes the GM of the 49ers. Um, you get offered a lot of jobs. Look, when coaches get offered jobs, what happens? They eventually get raises. You know, maybe there are raises involved there. John Lynch has gotten raises. I would imagine Adam Peters has gotten raises close to family. Right. That's another part of the dynamic. Young kids from the area. if, If you are if you are valued and your opinion matters and you are able to influence the organization and you're paid well and you're succeeding. And you like the people you work with. Like, that's the one thing. If 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 your opinion matters, like if you get – now, ultimately, you don't get to make the trade, right? Some I could understand if you said, you know what, I just want to – I want to be the one that gets to pull the trigger on these deals. Okay, but, you know, does John Lynch re- – like, they seem, at least from the outside, to have a good little collaborative thing going. So it seems like a pretty good place to be. Maybe he's going to join Bob Myers' podcast network. You know, I don't know, and that'll supplement your income with that. I don't know if you saw that, Bob. What the podcast. fuck was that? <laughs> Bob's got a podcast coming. So I um, saw Sam tweeted. He's like, the Warriors got more fucking podcast than wins. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness,
4: like, he's. I, got had to, a, I had to reread that twice. I'm like, wait, he's on this podcast? No, he's doing a podcast
3: this with podcast.
2: this guy. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Jealous of Draymond, man. Yeah, I think once the season starts, you know, basketball is a little different than football, right? Once the football. The season starts. The personnel department still has a lot of work to do. Yeah, you're constantly. I love Adam Peters saying, like, focusing on the playoff run. <laughs> what does that mean, you think, John? You've been, you've been a, a scout. What, what is the front office doing during a playoff run? I mean, scouting all star games, and I guess they don't have picks. I, it's
4: not like he's scheming with the coaches. I, I think it's just a way of saying those two jobs suck. Obviously, Titans would be interesting if you were boys with Mike. He was, you know, a low-level guy with the Patriots when Mike was a player. So I I just think that when you sign up for that, you're working for Mike Vrabel, you know? And Mike's Mike's earned it. Like, I'm not – but you are – there's no question whoever gets that job. Like, there's a partnership. Yeah, not really. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, I just – one thing about football is more unique than basketball and baseball. General manager jobs don't open that often. You know, like coaching every single year in football, right? Five to seven, just consistently. At minimum, five. Crazy years could be eight. You can have years where no GM jobs open, right? Like, like this year, the Arizona's open. Is the Titans really open? I mean, kinda. It's like a personnel job. I bet Adams was like, "I'm already doing what he'd want me to do." I run the personnel department here, basically, right? And me and, Ka- and I've known these guys way longer. Like you said, I-, I remember Bobby Wigington when he moved jobs when I was living in the city. These Ivy League guy, friend of ours, and he like changed the job, and he was so big on the title he wanted to be called the VP, and he ended up leaving that company. He's like, it- the titles are so irrelevant. Like you fight for power, you fight for money. You call me an intern if my. If you listen to me on deals and I have decision-making power, you fight for these titles like, oh, you're the GM. But yeah, you have zero decision-making power in the draft and free agency or during the week. It's like, cool, right? Bobby All GMs w- in, in the NFL are not equal. Bobby Wingington never on the first tee on time. No. Well, he's usually coming up with a bag of booze. You know, he's got he's to got stop at a snack, uh, snack bar before he uh, hits the first tee.
3: Uh, not Ken on the stream says it's rare to check off all those boxes at once. Really. You're choosing to uncheck all of them just to have all the power somewhere else and hope to recheck all those boxes in your new spot. I, I think also
4: it, it all depends your resume. Like what you, when I say resume, like what you've personally experienced, it's why a lot of coaches, right. That some guys, Jump at opportunities to go places where we go, what the fuck is this guy doing? Well, he might say, well, half of my jobs have been at crappy places and I feel comfortable in that. Where other guys are like, I only go to certain spots. Peters has worked for Belichick, John Elway, and now Kyle and John Lynch. He's won at every single one of them. So it's like your standard of what you're looking for in an organizational philosophy is pretty
3: unique right? It's, it's pretty, it's, you have a pretty good idea. You know what you, you know, I would add to that. Those three places all have pretty hands-off owners too. The Broncos did craft is it's definitely front facing, but when, when he was there, Bill got to do everything. Yeah. Bill got to do everything. And here, like the owner is not Michael Bidwell and any, anything close to, you know, out in front is Michael Bidwell. So I think I that's why he wanted the giants job
4: because the owner stays out of it there. And he gives you the juice to like make the decisions. Yeah. I mean, once upon a time, the coach got the juice to bench Eli Manning. As crazy as that sounds now.
3: Right. And Eli's got an office in the building. For Gino? For for Gino. Against against the they were like, you know what? Against the Raiders.
4: You know that all four quarterbacks on Saturday are making their playoff debut as starters?
3: Herbert Gino. Lawrence, Purdy, and Gino. And Herbert. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Did not realize that. See a little nug. My, yeah, how about that, uh, John? The weather report is rainy. In fact, um, I saw a report from one of the. Find this here real quick. One of the uh, uh, Brady Henderson, who covers the Seahawks, said, "With the barrier getting hammered by inclement weather, Pete Carroll had the Seahawks hold their walkthrough in the rain today, outside in Seattle." It looks like they practice on artificial. It looks like eh, maybe it's real grass. One team that could definitely pivot to we, we need to practice in rain. Where can we find some rain? Not a problem for Seattle. Uh, right now, potential for heavy rainfall, high of 59, winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Any rain, 100% chance of rain on Saturday and uh, nearly an inch of rain expected on Saturday.
4: I think a top five all-time 49er tweet in the history of the franchise is... Chip Kelly's year, they were down in uh, Florida, I think, for the week because they were doing an East Coast trip. They ended up playing Chicago, the second game, in a snowstorm. But earlier in the week, they had tweeted, like, guys were having fun s- spraying water on the football. And then they went up to Chicago, and I don't think they'd catch or snaps. So it was the biggest disaster of all time. It was just warm Miami. It was just warm Miami, Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was good. So, this one, like, because on the flip side, it would be actually perfect if the 49ers had to go to Seattle and you were getting rain, you're like kind of getting able to practice on it. Because the one thing hard, I think, is about some of these West Coast teams, depending on who you play in the playoffs, right? If you had to go to Chicago, if, like, there was no way last year when they played Green Bay for the 49ers to pr- get ready for that. It's just hopefully you guys are mentally tough. You just go in it. They're, they're collegiate backgrounds. Maybe some free agent guys have been in cold weather. This is one of those that you could argue Seattle is actually pretty equipped, right? They're used to playing in the rain that they have field. They practice like they're just used to wet, right? This, it is a little, I know, let's call it what it is, a little uncomfortable for the 49ers. They, they yeah. are a, when I say fair weather team, I don't mean like fair weather mindset or front runners or whatever. They're just used to pretty good weather. I mean, it's just part of, it's why everyone's making fun of the national championship. Like, what the fuck is this? They built a stadium in a dome that's not actually a dome
3: because they play in "quote unquote" paradise until a bomb cyclone comes, which is fine if you just kind of you know put some traction on the concourse, like people getting wet is no biggie. Like people get wet all the time outside, you know. Just put some traction on the concourse. That's all. But they probably never crossed their mind. Never crossed their minds. Clearly, didn't cross the lawyer's mind. That's who I'd be upset at. Well, it's just- it's Dan's tired of losing these lawsuits, man. The Niners, ho- oh, God, no kidding. The Niners hosting the Seahawks in the rain is like the Niners. I guess it's not quite the same as the Niners going to Lambeau, but, you know, it's one of those where the road team, their style of play, the Niners didn't come from a colder place than the Packers playing, but their style of play fits cold. The one thing I'd say for Seattle is, even though they exist in the rain, I don't think their style of play necessarily, they have Kenneth Walker, but, like, they don't have some defense that, like, when when you know when the game gets mucked up, they're just going to hold every. They're going to hold. You know they love playing in thirteen to ten games. So even though the their people do experience the Seattle rain, you know, I would not say their style of play necessarily is rain football mud ball, Right.
4: Agreed. the The Sherman teams were much more equipped for uh, this type of game. So I, I, I actually I think it neutralizes the.
3: Yeah, I don't think Seattle has an advantage because they're a rain team.
4: No, but it, it does neutralize like what happens in rainy weather when the field gets mushy. The pass rate is harder to get off the ball. Yeah. What's Nick Bosa's greatest advantage? His get off, his speed. You know, that's so I would say that immediately, like, that's a huge help for them just neutralizing, I don't know, the defensive player of the year, NFLPA, also a first teamer. So that's something that, you know, it's not ideal. Like, if the Niners could sign up for this, they would sign up for good weather, play these right. guys good weather and beat the shit out of them. This is one of those where it actually, I would say gives them the advantage in the sense of it could just make the game weird. And they need to have that happen given that unlike the Dolphins who are 13 point underdog because Skyler Thompson, this is their starters are playing like Joe Smith threw 30 touchdowns like that's this their starting quarterback. It's not like well, they lost their quarterback week 15. this is why the line's so big. No, the line is this big. Honestly, it could be bigger, right, if it was a weather game. Or I think it probably game. came down. You mentioned this the other day, half a point because of the weather. Yeah, so it's just something to – again, that, I still like the 49ers, but it's just mushy. We, we saw the week one game. Now, obviously the 49ers. I mean, Trey Lance started. It was a completely different team. But it, it just got weird playing in that game, right? Just people slipping, angles for DBs. One thing the 49ers – I say Pettis wide open – you would say like Hufunga's is a pretty good tackler. Like if you got to transition, change the direction when you can't set your feet, like it does limit you a
3: little bit. Maybe he benefits a little. He's Hufunga, not. yeah, like it, if it slows somebody else down, maybe that's to his true benefit. Uh, Nineteen to ten was the uh, Bears game. That was the Bears had some significant rain. I, I don't think what we're going to get Saturday is what Soldier Field. Remember Soldier Soldier Field was a bad field too. Um, but it's half an inch. They say no, it's almost an inch, maybe. Well, that's I would say that yeah, field. I, would, I don't care how good. Uh,
4: what's I'm the, just what's saying. The it, I'm it, looking for whoever the grass guy is at for Jed. Yeah, I don't know what you can do against an inch of rain, right? No, I don't think you can do much. I'm just saying
3: that. I still think botanist. Botanist. Uh, uh the Bears' field was really that was really bad that day. Yeah, it could be really bad and not and be. Not quite that bad. Jed has Uh, a better field than the Bears. uh, You know who led the Niners in carries that day? Jeff Wilson, Jr.? Wrong. Trey Lance? Correct. 13 carries. How could you forget? I've forgotten. (laughs) Justin Fields had 11 carries that day. Justin Fields was 8 of 17. Trey was 13 of 28. Somehow, Trey Lance threw the ball 28 times that day. Because the- they were down, remember, and they yeah. had to just throw. <laughs> I remember, but I mean, God, twenty eight times. Yeah, has Brock thrown the ball? I think he has. He's thrown the ball twenty eight times. Uh, Check the game log, but um, yeah, Debo was not very effective uh that day in the in the past game. He did he had to run the ball, so. I mean, the Bosa, here's the thing with Bosa, though. Like, this the guy who was trying to block Bosa also has bad footing, if the footing is bad, right? If Bosa is slowed down, then the guy defending Bosa has bad footing.
4: What was the biggest advantage on that Thursday night game? Is as the game went on and on, the rookie tackle just is not going to, this guy's superior to you as a player, but one, he's just going to wear you out, figure you out, and it became a problem. Bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, swipe move. So it's just... in move. I would say if, if I was him, I'd rather have shitty field than a, a great field because I got no chance to block him. Again, I, I'm not saying that I'm not picking Seattle here or anything, but a, a, an inch of rain in Santa Clara is a shitload. Like, we've been watching the stadium for a while. How many true weather games have they had in Santa Clara? Not many. And there's a difference of, like, light rain and
3: just if it does dump. What, what uh, That game was at Washington. No, I know not that game. There was a game at home. Didn't they play? Car- Did they play Wentz at home two years ago in the rain? But I- yeah, the Colts remember, and he just threw it up. Yeah, yeah, that was a rainy game, right? And that was not a good day for them. I tend just generally isn't the rule. The better team is at a their advantage gets negated a little bit when the temp- that, when that's the my bad. ultimate
4: point. Yeah, remember Wentz just throwing it up there, and the Niners getting PIs, and Jimmy oh. just couldn't. Jimmy couldn't function. I was thinking about Ambry
3: Thomas the other day. Uh, Was he? MIA? It really is. The stage has been set for this incredible every week for Brock Purdy. The stage gets set again. And inclement weather sets the stage for him. This is a playoff game that, you know, who knows? If it's closer than you think it should be. If there are just moments to make plays in bad weather, you you can get like a classic YA Tittle photo covered in mud or Red or something. Um, But the future, I don't think it's overstating it to say the future of the 49ers because the quarterback is always the future could be solidified by what happens here this week and the next couple of weeks after that if they win. I think he's two wins away from being a lock starter in 2023.
4: I I think he's going to be the starter regardless, but you know, you lose playoff games. These things get amplified. It's just I mean, look at Jalen Hurts. Like they go out one and done. Is is Jalen Hurts just some lock to get his historic deal this off season? I'm not saying he's going anywhere, but playoff games change the way you view everything. I mean, look at Derek. I mean, that if he wins that playoff game against Cincinnati, does he just have more momentum coming into the season? Does like the last Army year? Absolutely. Because it know, would have meant so. he got some game winning drive at the end, right? As of right now, like obviously Brock Purdy is the lead dog to be the starter. You start winning playoff games. Let's face it, he wins this week. He's going to have back-to-back home playoff games. So he, you win two playoff games, obviously there'd be a lot of pressure in the NFC Championship game on him to continue to play well, but I, I would say he would solidify his spot as the 49er starter moving forward. And uh, let's be real, in Kyle's mind, I mean, I, I don't think Kyle's thinking about anyone else playing quarterback for him right now. <laughs> the way no. this thing's going.
3: Part of the conversation that makes it simple is you just think if there was a competition right now, who would win the competition right now that Brock is viewed a different way? It's always you are um, the deck is stacked against you if you're the last pick of the draft and the other quarterback on the team is the third overall pick of the draft. But things have changed. You Brock is no longer the last pick of the draft and Trey is no longer the third pick of the draft. That was two years ago that he was the third pick of the draft. That was last year that he was the last pick of the draft. Like you stop being the last pick. Maybe you think of yourself that way, but all the disadvantages that the last pick of the draft has, he doesn't have anymore because he's played. We look at him differently. Now his standing in the organization has changed. Trey Lance is not getting the benefits that the third pick in the draft gets anymore because his standing in the organization has changed. Does not mean they still won't get some opportunities. They got money invested in them. They got time invested in them, all that. But the the game has changed. Like You are no longer whatever piece you started with. You are now on equal footing. Forget about what happens next. So just fundamentally, he is viewed as a guy that would be given a fair shake in a competition with Trey Lance, just to start with. But to your point, we're not just talking about that. We're talking about we're part of the season now where the wins mean more. Where you get more credit for them. You win playoff games, you prove you can win playoff games. These games come against better teams. They come against better coaches. They come with much higher stakes and more pressure. And then you start earning even more respect from your teammates, more appreciation from your coaches, more confidence in yourself, and a longer leash. Like those are the things that I think, and we've seen it with young quarterbacks. And I'd love to, I wonder to what degree Ben Roethlisberger. Tom Brady, um, you know, Russell for sure. Russ is unique, but like how does having success right away take pressure off of you? Like in some ways it puts pressure on you because now the bar is high. But I also think in another way it takes pressure off, right? Like if Brock goes and wins two playoff games or more, goes to the championship game or goes to the Super Bowl, it's kind of like, I I don't know, I think you and I talked about this on Tuesday, like Stetson Bennett, even though they won the championship last year's in 2021, he was always looking over his shoulder because they had these highly touted guys behind them. This year, he was not because it was just established. He's the guy that won the championship. It's his job. And I think that can free you up a little bit. Not that Brock needs freeing, but, I mean, it's the confidence that comes from stepping onto the field and doing maybe what, in his case, is he always believed he could do has to be pretty freeing
2: butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year you get salmon chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham been telling you about it for years been eating it for years on a regular basis easily find high quality meat and seafood You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you...
4: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working,
4: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't see. I, I'm very confident that he's going to keep playing well. Now, I don't know if that's always going to lead to these easy victories, but I, I'm not expecting him. Which I think was human nature to be like, "Oh, this is you start two, start three. Is this con-? and he did it for six straight starts. You see, he was just named offensive rookie of the month. I did see that. So it's just, I mean, it, and it was well deserved. Because there's a difference of just, like, your team's winning because we thought Trey Lance, when he was going to start this year as a second-year player, like, he doesn't need to do that much. He could have just steer the ship in the right direction. And we never really got to see that play out besides one game, and he clearly couldn't do it in the rain. Uh, And Justin Fields just made more plays than he did in that game. Now, it was only a couple plays, but he made big, explosive plays. And we talked about in the preseason, once Jimmy was re-signed, They cooked the books for that guy starting because he would not have been able to beat Jimmy Garoppolo out in training camp. Well, Brock Purdy's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He just, it's, honestly, I don't even think it's that close given the Jimmy that we've seen in recent memory. Not like a stretch in a game, but just game in, game out, how he plays. He was never doing this. If he did, everyone would have liked Jimmy way more. And I think people did like Jimmy. They, like, appreciated what he was, like, symbolized in terms of, like, you know, he's just solid, Players like him, makes a play here and there, tough guy. Hopefully, he doesn't throw a bad pick, but he's not, he's probably not that great, but he's not bad. It was like everyone just acknowledges you're on text chains, I'm on text chains. You just talk to people like, is the fucking guy good? Like, is he really good? Because what we're all watching, he's like really good. That's all teams want. And like you said, the whole point of the draft is like, I just want a guy that can throw me a bunch of touchdowns and lead my team to victories, right? ultimately a team if you, if you told team X, if you told the indianapolis colts who were drafting like fifth you don't need to draft who you think fifth take this guy in the sixth he'll be your starter next year and throw 32 touchdowns if you if you if like God, the football god could come down and tell him that they would gladly do that you're just hoping there's no guarantee and we've seen it this position now so it, it's just it's very unique and unprecedented how we've ended up here but and I'm not trying to act like this guy's going to go on to be some Hall of Fame career, but based off what we've seen in this offense with this team, with all these guys are coming back. It's not like, well, Debo's a free agent. Iuke's a free agent. Kittle, they got to restructure, right? Every single one of these guys under contract back on the team next year. So in the short term, this playoff run and next year, it's not even a question in my mind. Now, it shuts everybody up when you start rattling off playoff victories. It, as long as you make plays, right? I mean, that it didn't really shut up people with Jimmy when he threw... Eight
3: attempts. Well, yeah, I mean, it didn't shut people up, but the like to me, Jimmy's the reviews on Jimmy in the playoffs were not so much about what his output was. It was about what was clear: uh, the the way they played was limited because of him. Right, like they did not push the ball down the field at the end of the first half of the Super Bowl when they had a free possession. They had one deep shot, a throw, to win the Super Bowl. They missed it. So I don't even think it was like about – it was just as simple as they, they're they – like it's, it is it is risky if you have to play a certain way with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's true. Now, we haven't seen them have to play a ton that way with Brock, the way they had to play um, in the Raider game. But I don't even th- it would think it was so much about like the reviews of Jimmy as much as it was Kyle told us what he thought by the way he played those games. Yeah, but they've been playing
4: because their willingness to throw the ball. They've played a different style than they ever did with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Well, that's what I'm saying. My point is
3: just like, it wasn't us, you, me, media, fans reacting to Jimmy. It was just Kyle played the game a certain way with Jimmy. It told us everything we needed to know. Exactly. For the most part, he played it. a certain. I
4: actually expect them to play a game this weekend much more like a Jimmy game because of the weather control the clock run the ball keep everything not depending on how bad the rain is obviously but if it's pouring rain he would just play like what Jimmy Garoppolo's game plan would be in no rain <laughs> yeah because if it was perfect weather I'd be expecting like I think they'll sling it around yeah for sure this team yeah. can't pass rush big advantage like they got one good corner uh the ro- who's a rookie and I, I would expect the 49ers to push the envelope just like they have been the last several weeks it's an easy. I wouldn't say excuse, but it's easy for Kyle to, like, this is actually what I'm made for. We, we'll have 40 attempts in this game. He used to talk openly about the attempts rushing, and it made sense because the more and more Jimmy threw, the more likely it's like, well, a couple picks could happen. This guy doesn't even turn
3: over the ball. His team is built, like you said, last time we talked, last podcast, they were, there were multiple receivers available to them when they drafted Debo. They could have A.J. Brown. They could have D.K. Now, maybe they thought Debo was just the best player, right? It might be that simple. But it also might be that they thought he was the best fit for their offense. So, I mean, if you told me I could go 100 yards and I throw it down the field and higher percent, lower percentage throws, it looks more fun. Maybe Andy Reid would choose that, although Andy throws the ball near the line of scrimmage. Kyle's more than content to just take – he prefers to take 14 plays to get the ball down the field sometimes and play with the lead. As long as he's got the lead, he can play the way he wants to play.
4: But, but I think one thing Purdy's done in his short sample size of six games – his touchdown-to-interception ratio is, what, 3-to-1? A little, you know, 3-to-1 Th- and yeah, point 13 .2 is 13-to-4. 13-to-4, I think. Oh, well, he threw one that early game he played in. So, like, part of – it's like, okay, I can live – like, part of the problem with Jimmy is, like, he throws a pick. Like, he ain't throwing three touchdowns, right? So, this guy can throw me three I, – I can live with an interception if I get three or four touchdowns. I watch Josh Allen or Herbert throw a pick. They also can – put up 28, 31 points where they throw the ball. And that's what I think this guy brings to the table in this playoff run. Uh, assuming weather is not like, let's say they win this game and let's just assume that the weather is much better the following week against Minnesota, Minnesota is shitty DBs. So it's like, what can you do against Minnesota on the outside? You can throw the ball. And I would expect them to throw the ball a little harder against the Eagles. They got Darius Slay. Uh, they just, they have, Another corner, I think, is supposed to come back from injury. Like their corners aren't
3: Bradbury. They got better DBs. Like that would be a little more interesting. Pray for, you'd prefer rain in that game. Jordan says willingness to throw the ball. Dude had 180 passing yards last game. Speaking of uh, Purdy, but he had three touchdowns, no picks, and was 15 of two. He was 75 percent completion. Arizona was, but but also like when a guy throws for 300 yards.
4: I would imagine the majority of 300 to 350 yard passing games like what what do you think the average completions are? 26, 20 to 28? He only had 15 completions. So like 15 completions 180 yards that's pretty good ratio, right? Well, I, I know this. Yeah, like most guys throwing 300 yard games, the majo- I'm not saying they don't happen, but I would imagine are well over 24 completions, like Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like, look how many completions they have. They're throwing the ball a lot more. Like you said, 15 and 20. Jimmy can't do that, like, because he doesn't throw three touchdowns. Those do not happen. He does not throw touchdowns consistently, especially down the field. He throws touchdowns like when Debo takes a quick screen to the house.
3: Geno Smith threw had four games over 300 yards this year. The Seahawks record was two and two in those four games. Right. I mean, the the biggest output game for Brock was the game that was the close, they were most at risk for losing 284 against the Raiders. In other words, like if you're throwing for 180, three touchdowns, no picks, and you only throw the ball 20 times, your team's actually probably more likely to win than if you threw for 320 yards because of the style of game that it is. But I mean, it was 40 pass attempts, twice, you know, double the pass attempts, double the yards.
4: But I, I don't think you can have like a, a real Brock Purdy conversation just based on you know the box scores. Like if you've watched it, it's pretty clear. Like this shit's working. Like his passing the ball down the field, he's accurate. He can push the ball yeah. down the oh, field. Oh yeah, I, I'm no, I totally. I'm, I'm not saying kidding. you. I'm just saying anyone that
3: wants to argue that.
4: Well, like well, look, his, if he's gonna be a, a ten little year,
3: disingenuous, if he's gonna have a ten year career, he he's you know as the Niners starter it's not going to be forever 20 pass attempts and 180 yards that's just not always going to get it done and it's definitely not you know we'll see like you mentioned once you make 50 million dollars a year you gotta get rid of devo right (laughs) uh but throwing it for three throwing it twice as many times for twice as many yards probably reduces your likelihood of winning would be my guess um if we had some percentage on that but the day will come i mean if they end up in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, then it might have to be different. If they're in the Super Bowl against the Bills or the Bengals or the Chiefs, then 15-20 to for 178 may not be good enough. I don't know. Well, we saw the Chiefs. It wouldn't be. It would would take the Chiefs being a different football team for that to be good enough against the Chiefs. Yeah.
4: Well, the one thing all three of those teams have Right. Because you're if you make it to the Super Bowl, it's in a dome. They're, they can score a lot of points, even against a good defense. Yeah. No one can be like, well, number one defense. Yeah, 44 points, Chiefs. And he started fucking around toward the end because it was a blowout.
3: I mean, yeah, the, Brock played in that game, was how bad that game was. But I think you would have no chance. That's a good thing for Brock. Maybe that's why Kyle did it, put him in. Really look at the Chiefs for the Super Bowl rematch but i'd give them a chance
4: because they are much more explosive on offense with this guy playing against those teams. I think even if the 49ers were able to pull it off, it like Jimmy had never disappeared and they were winning probably more way more ugly than it's been, but their record was the same, like they just won 10 straight, but it was always like these knockdown drag out 21 to 18s. I'd be like I, I don't like him against any of those teams, just because it just if it gets into the mid twenties, it's hard for Jimmy if he's not like have his AA game. Like Purdy, Purdy's game is predicated on throwing the ball, like it's a huge part of his game, pushing the ball down. The, he wants to push the ball down the field. James yeah. Garoppolo just it wasn't. Really I'm just his saying we've
3: seen things. we've seen the games where Jimmy has to throw it a lot. We haven't seen that many of the games where Brock has to throw it a lot, right? But like you said, he's only had to do it once, really. Yeah, I know. I'm just, that's one of the questions I think is fair with him. But I'll say this like the Niners went 13 and four with a two seed. Do you know how many times the 49ers had more than 300 yards passing in a game this year? Once? I'll tell you the number it was 343. You're saying they, f- the Jimmy 49ers threw- all passing offense over one time yards once. It was 343 yards. What game do you think it was? Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy was actually, if you just box score scouted him, you'd be like, "Oh shit. He was 25 of 37, 303, three, two touchdowns, one pick." Okay.
4: Didn't feel that way.
3: <laughs> Five sacks.
4: Yeah, that'd be another issue. Uh, Chris Jones, honestly, he might be the number two for Defensive Player of the Year. Burford, Brendel, and uh, and Aaron Banks slash Brunskill probably going to need to get back together if they ever see that guy again. I, every time I watch the Chiefs, that fucking guy is everywhere. It's a use check game.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Kittle's whole, like, Kittle's a pass, a pass receiver now. Mike, might, might have to dial that one back in a little bit. Yeah. A couple of fullbacks. But that's the other, I guess, thing, the mud. Purdy's athleticism. Something to watch. Purdy's done a good job running away from guys. Ten time. It's ten time, yeah. So it was the same as who's? McCaffrey's. <laughs> Usain Bolt's? Oh, McCaffrey's. Say, <laughs> I, I wonder what Hussein's is. Shanahan said today that he thought it was kind of BS that McCaffrey wasn't an all-pro. On the NFLPA thing?
4: That's the only one that's come out. Yeah, I guess it probably is. Well, he wasn't a pro bowler either. And those guys were kind of up in arms about that one.
3: I guess there's, is there only one all pro running back? Who was it? Nick Chubb. I would guess
4: McCaffrey, in a weird way, if he had just started on the Niners and just had whatever he was, you know, I think this is right. what, whatever his final numbers were. Would have had a better case than like move teams.
3: It's oh, weird. NFLPA one was Josh Jacobs. Sorry. I agree with that statement, though. Sorry to interrupt it. I also think he's kind of a hybrid. I, I know, you know, I
4: like. I, I think Josh Jacobs just between the tackles. I, I remember saying this, but I, I mean, you and I watched. The majority of his carries all season. Like you could make the argument he was the best pure running back this season. Yeah, it was both say he was the
3: best running back. You,
4: yeah, you, I I had a buddy that said he was he thought he was the best running. He's like, How do you miss the playoffs with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs having like career years and they're both like the best at their position in the league? I'm like, yeah, ask Josh and Derek and Mark. I thought Josh was fantastic. I mean, Nick Bosa, he, he said that it was the best running back he's ever faced in the pros. Yeah. And remember, Josh's game against the Niners wasn't like 170 yards. It was like 70 or 69 or 89.
3: It was just every run. You're like, holy shit, this guy's running hard. Yeah. On the stream, uh, he had 70 TDs last month. So McCaffrey would have had about 30 touchdowns if he started the season with the Niners. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I
4: he threw one too. Yeah, he just he's been oh, awesome. Yeah, he
0: threw
3: one.
4: I think it's. The 49ers, I, I get internally why they're just like, yeah, we just we wouldn't be here without them. Like, they wouldn't be the two seed if McCaffrey hadn't come on the team. That's a fact.
3: I mean, we all watch them. They look,
4: <laughs> but just as a pure runner between the tackles, like, I, I, I'm cool with saying, like, Chubb and Jacobs are better runners between the tackles, a little more explosive. Jacobs is, I'd say, Jacobs is the most unique running back right now in the league when you factor in the, the violence and the ability to, like, break tackles. That those guys don't really even McCaffrey, like, does he he did run over the one dude on the Raiders, the DB, but like, he's not running through linebackers
3: like Josh more unique
4: than Derrick Henry, him too, I guess. Yeah, and right, you know, I yeah, I mean, Derrick's probably the most unique, but
3: part of what makes him unique is he's doing it for an extended period of time. And Josh now has done it, you know, part of the Josh Jacobs thing was like, can this guy keep this up? Can you play like this at that position and, like, keep doing it, right? One, th- yeah.
4: one thing I think that's nice about acquiring McCaffrey, and here's where I feel very good about coming around to take the L on that one, I would not, like, if he was a free agent, what would they not? Like, they would have no choice. They'd have to keep, and they gave up all these picks. Like, But, like, what price? Like, I just like the deal's already signed. You control them. You know, like, Josh Jacobs a free agent. I love Josh Jacobs, but what are you paying Josh Jacobs? Like, if my coach comes to me like, I got to have this guy. It's like, well, am I giving him like four for 60 and guaranteeing
3: 40? Like, does he have
4: two, two and a half seasons in him?
3: You know, it's just hard. Well, if you told the Niners, and you can't do this, but if you said both guys will be healthy for the for the rest of the way, would you rather have McCaffrey on his deal or Debo on his deal? Who would they pick? I think they'd pick McCaffrey. I think they would, too. Because they, no, they, they, they could out,
4: allocate Debo. I mean, they, they Debo in a weird way, and I love the guy. I mean, I and you're gonna, he's made for these big moments coming up. But but when you start factoring money and having to pay guys and Bosa needs a new deal and some of these guys just need to get paid, you, you're gonna need to fill some holes. You know whether you keep McGlinchey or the right tackle, you don't have picks, so you're gonna have to pay some tackle. You know in a. Again, I'm not trying to act like I wouldn't want Debo on my team. I take him every day of the week and a hundred times in a playoff game. He is the most expendable, especially as I Iuke now and Kittle's alive again. Like if they can, they can't really because of the contract, but like would they flip Debo this offseason for a one?
3: To, to get what? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, oh, first round pick. Yeah, yeah, but to do what with? Get a, get an offensive lineman. Yeah, or uh, a tackle, uh, I don't know, just
4: to get a player on a cheaper right. contract, trade back to get a couple second-round picks. I don't know. I mean, McCaffrey,
3: the the guy that I've watched on the Niners, is easily worth $12 million per year for the next three years, right? Yes.
4: But what makes Debo unique, right, for as awesome as what he did last year, let's just say hypothetically, money, no issue, dead cap or whatever, could you trade him this offseason? Like, is he yielding a one? To the Jets? They're going to trade their first-round pick for Debo Samuel?
3: Seahawks? Eagles? I mean, they already got a bunch of dudes. So do the Niners. They would Did not. get McCaffrey.
4: I mean, they already got a running back. I, I don't think they would.
3: Um Cardinals, Kyler You wouldn't send him in the division obviously But yeah, I don't think you get okay. a first round pick for him First born In exchange for Tebow Is she pregnant? I don't know
4: We'll be soon if she's not
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. Michael LaFleur John out By the way I, you think he finds his way back to the Niners this offseason? Mm. Not a spot for him, right? Unless D'Amico leaves and takes, like, Bobby Slowick with him.
4: I could see D'Amico leaving and just hiring LaFleur.
3: Hiring LaFleur, yeah.
4: I would guess he'd be more likely to probably go to Green Bay or, you know, than – what did you say Steve Young said? That Mike was too mean to him?
3: Yeah, that, that Zach needs a more of a big brother than tough love. That's usually a good thing. Is everyone like, you know, Peyton Brady,
4: Breeze, Roethlisberger. You just go through all, Eli Rivers. They just didn't need the tough love. They just needed a big Roethlisberger. You kind of say that, but fuck he produced. So it's like, whatever. I, that's a huge red flag, Steve. I'm sorry. Like, is this guy a little bitch? They fucking, I mean, I, I'm so tired of Zach Wilson. And who knows? So, uh, there's no guarantee LaFleur, you know, is good. He'd never called plays before. But the Jets were better with the broken rib Mike White than they ever wore Zach Wilson. And the one thing, if you wanted to ding LaFleur, it's like, well, one thing he will only know is one thing, and that's the shanty deal. Like, can't he do other stuff? Because I, you could understand whether they're right or wrong and be like, well, Zach would have excelled at these other play calls, but he can't run those
3: because it's all based on the run game. You know, it's like, uh, Well, did he love the player and stood on the table for him? Feels like, well, whether he did or not, let's say he did that. Or the opposite hated him and didn't like really want to coach him to begin with. Maybe didn't like him in the meeting. Told everybody didn't like him in the meeting. Then coached him like he didn't like him. Sometimes you
4: never know. Like you might like a guy until you meet the guy. I mean, how often does that happen in life, right? You know, you you've heard about this guy. He's an asshole, and then you meet him. You're like oh, God, I gotta kind of like him, or everyone yeah. likes the guy, and you meet yeah. him. And you're like kind of weird. Yeah, you know? <laughs> totally. So I, I think it's I think it's easy as a in personnel or coach to like a guy in theory based off the tape and what you think you can do with the offense, and then you spend every day with the guy. You're like, I can't
3: stand this dude. Especially if you don't think he works hard. If his teammates don't love him. Right? If he's I think not the one thing, there's <laughs> enough, there He's not good. But there's enough smoke out there that LaFleur could say. If LaFleur said ah, he's not easy to get along with, people would believe him based on some of the smoke that was out there at BYU and the way that his teammates react to him and the way they react to Mike White. And Joe Flacco. But that's if the you're, job. You're getting paid a lot of money to coach this guy. Like, this is the guy you got to coach. Right? Feels so like the uh, – You don't get to send the meal back at the, to the kitchen. The, the Shanahan crew is just – they
4: they both signed up. Because the Tua thing, like, what's he going to do at quarterback, too? Like, both of them are going to be in quarterless quarterbackless spots with just nut job owners.
3: But he doesn't hate Tua, at least. You know, like, he handled that thing pretty well. Like, Mike at least gets some credit for what he did with Tua, right?
4: No, for sure. I'm just saying LaFleur, Sala, McDaniel, like they, they just signed up and I don't blame them. They all got huge raises. They all made a lot of money.
3: They're in weird, crazy spots. More than likely, everyone's going to get fired very York. soon. They made their bed in New York. They, Yeah, McDaniel they drafted the guy. For sure. That's worse than anything. Mike, Mike didn't. Mike landed them Tyreek Hill.
4: I guess he didn't land them, but you know what I mean? Like he got yeah. there and Tyreek came. Mike called and was like, hey, man, we want you here. It's <laughs> like, they didn't tell you. I'm already coming. Mike's like, all right. <laughs> Remember that phone call? <laughs> but my point on Mike, a little bit like the Jets. You're right. They made their bed. Both those places get weird fast, whether you fuck up or sometimes even if you don't. Right? These places are weird. Because the owners are super rich, not really sure what they do all day, and they get bored fast. Feels like a lot of backroom deals when the owner's on the phone with other people. They don't, don't involve you. Both those two guys.
3: You know, the worst, not the worst part about it, but one of the worst parts about it the Jets beat the Jags week 16 that year going into that draft. Yeah, they cost him Trevor Lawrence. They ended up 4 and 13. Jags ended up 3 and 13. And it's not like the Jets were coached by David Cully that year fighting for his life. Robert Sala was coaching the Jets. Like they knew what their task was. Their task was, don't win any games.
4: No, no, no. Sala has been there two years, right? Yeah, that would have been that would have been 2020. would have on the Niners. Oh,
3: you're right. Fuck me. Well, never mind. I had a good theory cooking right there for a second. I think that I think that was uh, Adam, the 20 season. They did not beat the Jags. No, they did. The 20
4: season? I thought or th- I thought in the 20 Robert season. Robert beat the Jags in 21. I thought in 2020 the Jets lost a game late in the season, right? Or won a game late in, in the, the season. In the 20 season,
3: they they won two games down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, they beat the Rams and the Browns. Yeah. And normally, I mean, 2-14, and 14, that should get you the first-round pick. I mean, the number one pick. That's where Balky comes in. But the Jags, Uh, but that that was Gase. That was Gase, yeah. Yeah. Balky, man. <laughs> the grandmaster. Balky might start going to the playoffs a lot again.
4: Like, I mean, if this quarterback, that division, who's to say it's that he just can't better? make
3: the playoffs like three of the next four years? They're going to keep getting better?
4: Balky's hosting a home playoff game in Jacksonville as the general manager.
3: The hosted a lot of home playoff games in his general manager career. Uh, the Jags, by the way, the 2020 season, they won their opener and then lost everything else. That's right. They beat the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Rivers, remember? Then they lost everything else. It's a long season, man. Including an overtime loss to the Vikings. Good for them. Uh, Derek Carr, John. The Raiders are going to try and trade him. Good luck. He has a no trade clause. Why would he want to get? They have to cut him February
4: fifteenth. We, we just got to bring up the one thing that he said in the in the statement was like, "I meant what I said when I said that I would never play for anyone but the Raiders." I meant it, guys. But circumstances changed. It's like, no, Derek, when you said you wouldn't play for anyone else. Ultimately, that meant like I'm not gonna let them trade me, or if I'm ever cut or released, I'm not gonna sign. Like, what do you mean? How how do you think you were gonna end up on another team? Like you said it, and you were adamant, and you said it over and over. It wasn't just a one-time throwaway comment. He said it countless times throughout his career, and it felt like once he got to Vegas, he kept doubling down. Like this, fuck, I'm gonna, I'll just play golf, guys. You completely made that up. Like that was just sounded good. It's complete bullshit. Because now you're like. Open for business, baby. Next team. Let's go win championships
3: for God. Let's go. It's like, it's kind of full of shit, you know? All right. Can I, I'll play devil's advocate for a second. Things change. You say things when you're young. He said it over and over though, guy over and over. Is it possible that he thought he meant it at the time? He believed it. I would give one throw. And then it became saying it every year guy. Well, maybe he He said it on the Harvester whatever's on that podcast. He was saying it. maybe he thought that he meant it. He could not. He's only one speed, John. It's 100 miles an hour blinders on. I'm a Raider for life. I don't even want to think about another life.
4: Well, how do you how do you think about getting to another team? Like, how is that going to manifest itself? Like to end up somewhere? Think
3: about it. I'm going to be a Raider for life. Whatever I got to do, we're going to win here.
4: You always thought. I don't know if we really talked about this on the podcast, but like when he cried, it's pretty clear. He knew like I'm fucked is over. I, I forget the exact game that was, but the crying incident, which went pretty viral clearly. And I, I, I had someone the game tell me. The Colts game? Might have. No, I feel like it was before. Okay. I, I feel like I, I was told that he had, he, the last couple of years kind of made some jokes Not a serious thing, but kind of a running joke, knowing that he wasn't some made guy in the mob with the Raiders, despite being highly paid. Like there was always like this elephant in the room that like was the was the organization all in on him? Did Lombardi, or I think it was his? Did you hear the part on his podcast where of the fifteen players that spent their first you know nine years first hundred and forty starts with the team? and I think Derek's over that, whatever the whatever the threshold is, right? Derek's been starting for nine years. You do the math. It's like 135 or 150 or whatever that they're, you know, started their first nine seasons, all the games for their team. Derek's 15th of them, 14 of the 15 beside Derek had been Hall of Famers or Super Bowl winners. And the point is like longevity at that position with one team. Like you do have to have, no one lasts that long without, you know, he won five playoff games. They could never win a Super Like Donovan McNabb never won a Super Bowl, but it was like you were winning every year, going to Pro Bowls, winning playoff games. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, there are a lot of guys that are no branders. Derek is in the most unique resume ever for a guy that's blasted one place to start his career and to play nine straight seasons somewhere without not one playoff victory. Hell, he only played in one and that gets thrown around. The other one wasn't his fault. He had his ankle shattered.
3: Like they were yeah. headed there, yeah. so he had two playoff seasons of the nine. I think we looked. He's the longest ten year Raider quarterback ever, right?
4: Uh, most years starting, Stabler was there. I think nine years, but he only started the seven because remember, uh, Mad Bomber or whatever was the uh, the Mad Bomber, <laughs>
3: Mad, yeah. Daryl Lamonica, Daryl Lamonica, yeah, Daryl LaMonica, yeah. Central Valley. He's a Central Valley guy. La Monica Stadium is where Clovis East plays. Oh, shit. Fresno, baby. Right? I think, pretty sure.
4: Yeah. I, I don't good. think we'll, in this era too, like even it's changed a little bit since Derek got in the league. That will never happen again. Yeah. Or the Raiders. You never discount the Raiders. That could happen with the it's Raiders. There's so
3: many coaches. That's the other part of it, right? There wasn't one coach going, all right, I've tried for seven years to win with this guy. I've got to move on. I think that. That you know, that's generally like nobody tries for seven years with one guy. I'm laughing because I saw someone in the
4: comments say carr has one career playoff pass, touchdown pass. That's pretty nuts, right?
3: It's pretty nuts. Did uh Connor Cook get one? You did I don't think th- I don't think they, scored in, don't Litter think they scored in that game. I don't think they scored in that game. Um well at home eating pizza middle cops slaving away in Raiders post game they're getting their ass kicked. You you weren't there on Tuesday night when I did A's postgame. I didn't see you there. I, we weren't apart. We, we didn't exist. Um. So I do think the day that he cried, that was partly a last-ditch attempt to you know, put the Raiders in a tough spot. And I wonder if him saying, I want to be a Raider for life all those times, was a similar tactic. Like trying to put the Raiders in a spot where this is a franchise, that people generally try to leave. Um Randy Moss didn't want to be here, Carson Palmer didn't want to be here, Khalil Mack didn't want to be here. Uh and I'm not going to be that guy. And how dare you mistreat the one person who wants to be here. You know, I could that could have been part of the part of the chess he was playing with them. Could have been
4: I looked up Rivers because I also I think did. he valued being a Raider. Obviously, Rivers I would say is clearly better than Derek, but like he was drafted in that 04 draft with Eli and Rothsberger. By 2009, Rivers had been in six playoff games and won three. Wow. So it just cause you because by the end it was like, God, Phillips lasted a long time here. You do build up some early equity when you just win a playoff game, right? And this is back to the purdy thing. It's it's unheard of. I just I think Derek's impossible to ever get again, regardless of a million coaches. I actually think it's less likely with
3: new coaches coming in because they usually like, ah, we can do better. But that's the thing is he was always in the spot where it's like, well, can you do better? Like you told me the comment the other day that the Lions GM made about how it's always like when you swap out a quarterback, you're more likely to downgrade than upgrade. Right? Wasn't the difference, though, weird? is that GM came from L.A., and he likes golf. clearly. like That, that might have been the guy that he thinks is well, a I, good player. I know. I'm just saying, don't you agree with the with the basic point that if, if you just take your average – if you have an average quarterback on your team and you get rid of him in an attempt to upgrade, you're probably a higher, 50, higher than 50% chance you're actually going to end up downgrading. Like, the odds – if Brock Purdy didn't exist, the odds – 50-50 when they're like, we're moving on from Jimmy – that they were actually going to end up getting a better quarterback five years from now than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yes. So I, I think it's like I think that's probably. when well, not you say
4: the him. odds on Josh McDaniels making this move? There is no guarantee that he can find the equal of Derek. Yes.
3: Odds are they're going to downgrade from Derek Carr. That's, that's just the odds.
4: Yeah. That's what's crazy about what the Seahawks did. But the so argument though right. is if if you're always worried about. Like, you can get in this rut for your nine, ten years. And that was always
3: the case we made for drafting at number three a quarterback was you just got to swing for the fences because you're just limited with Jimmy. Agreed. But Derek was this guy that partly because he played for this organization, he played for a variety of coaches, Other he'd been a second-round pick, he was talented, other coaches liked him. It was just easy to be like, you know, who could blame him for this situation, Right. And Gruden kind of got it going,
4: like it was moving for a second there. It was moving, yeah. Well, guy he just had like I would say his fine is like one of his finest stretches of his career. Wouldn't you say that last month of the the Rich Run, where he went on the road to beat Indy, he the Charger game, and then the playoff game, he just looked pretty human. Now, granted, they you know Ruggs was in jail and Devontae wasn't on the team yet, and you know Renfro was his, and Zay Jones were his targets. It was actually always easy to make excuses for Derek. I'm like, well, he's got a new coach. He's got, look at these weapons. He's got, this guy's in jail. This guy's got a DUI. This guy, they fire this coach, you know. There were always plausible, you know, deniability sure. if you wanted to get his side.
3: Yeah. Well, honestly, even this year, you'd be like, well, look at Josh, look at his history. It's sometimes two, like both parties are at fault for something crazy happening, right? Or it need, it, I think it needed to end for everybody involved. I, we've said it for, I've we said it for a while. It's better for him to leave the Raiders.
4: Could get or, uglier, though. He could get, ex, you know, there are going to be a lot more people watching depending on where
3: he goes. Could, but it's not like he's been flying under the radar, really. He's been one of the. He's been polarizing. Top. Yeah, he's, he's been, been very polarizing. Yeah, polarizing. So, you know, I mean, go play for Miami and Mike McDaniel and Tyreek and whatever. See what happens. See, I would say that would put a lot of pressure on him, guy. What they, got Tyree Kill, they got Tyreek Hill. They got Waddle. Would? It, <laughs> where wouldn't he have pressure?
4: I would avoid Miami and the Jets. I think it he could fly good. a little under the radar with, like, Seattle. And Jets, even that, you're replacing the guy that just threw 30 touchdowns. Jets, I agree. Indy? It, to me, like, if they just got a if, random coach. But if yeah. you tell me Jim Harbaugh's the quarterback, I'd say fucking everyone would be paying attention.
3: Is there such a thing as a low-pressure NFL starting quarterback job in Jacksonville, Houston? You
4: in a weird way, to- I I do think post-Russell, I, I think Seattle is a little under the radar.
3: I agree with you on that. I do agree with you on that. But is that really the place where he's going to, if he ever has a sh- – if you want to take a big swing and try to fulfill your potential, is Seattle the place to go? Stable coach, good roster, you they got picks. To- yeah.
4: I don't think there is a perfect. You know, most these teams that need quarterbacks all have question marks, right? Yeah. Because the one thing, if Miami, he went down there and he didn't live up, they would get rid of him. Same with New York. He would be. He could go one and done in those places.
3: Right. But that's right. you know, that's I, that's. I, what I, I would think. argue. Let's find the best place, even if it's risky, because if you fail, it'll be bad. And let's let's try to go win some play. Let's try to go to the playoffs here and fulfill this destiny. Of Wouldn't Seattle be that? They were just in the playoffs, nine yeah, wins. Oh, no, you could you could argue that. Not a great, you know. I got what's my offensive line situation there? I, I listen. The one thing he
4: said about why he would quit: I'm rich, basically. He didn't yeah. use those exact words, but I don't have problems uh, paying my credit card bills. I'm at the sweet course in Vegas, like wherever I live, the Country Club. I'm gonna play there. I would recommend to Derek that. You know, if you hit free agency, it drives the price up. You're already super rich. I'm not telling you to play for seven million dollars. I don't think it would be the craziest thing if you're like, you know what, Derek did. Who's smart? He took twenty eight million dollars. Right? It's a big difference between maybe thirty eight or whatever. I, this guy already has so much money. I'm not uh, pocket watching here. But if it adds to an extra player or two for a guy like I say the same thing about Dak Mahomes, Josh Allen, like those guys are unfazed. Joe Burrow, when it's time for him to get paid, fuck, get what you get. You carry this mother. Derek is not a just carry the franchise guy. Yeah. Who his surrounding cast is huge impact. So if it's the difference of like, hey, you get 33 here, but they can only offer you 24 and a half. But this spot's way better. And who knows? I, I think it's. I think it's going to be the most fascinating thing if he truly is cut. Like, there's just the bidding process. Does he go? I could see him doing some visits, like meeting with coaches, because what's, what's his rush? And honestly, the free agency doesn't start for another month. He'd, he'd honestly have some time to do some well, stuff. Well, if you were him, would you wait till after the draft to make sure you don't end up in a spot? No, no, no. Quarterback the OTA- in the second round? Uh, OTAs, I think it's who's beating him out as a second-round pick. Besides Bryce Young yeah, no, and like no, CJ Stroud, who could beat him
3: out. him out, that you just kind you take a team friendly deal and you get duped into being somebody's. Uh, oh well, you know we we're seventeen. Will Levis was just there. Sorry, Derek, had to take him. Happened to him
4: before. I mean, they took you know they've drafted guys before, right? Second round a little different than fourth. Tyler Wilson, who was the guy?
3: Wilson from Arkansas. Before he got there, though, Cook what? was a couple years in. The Wilson guy, Derek, was there already. Remember, they cut him. He was a fourth round pick, and they cut him before the season started. Yeah, it was Derek's rookie. I think. Remember, Tyler was there the previous year. I thought. Oh, I thought he got cut the year he got drafted. Tyler Wilson did, yeah. But yeah, maybe he. But then they did. They re sign him to the practice squad. Is that what it was? I think that happened. Fourth round pick, cut him, then signed him to the practice squad. Tyler Wilson was drafted the year before Derek was. Oh wow.
4: Tyler Wilson was a fourth round pick. Lasted in the league two years like 13 the year he was drafted, and he didn't really because he was a practice squad guy. And then the Bengals, practice squad only, and he was out of the league. That was a short run for a quarterback. Most quarterbacks who were drafted in the mid-rounds from the SEC, I would
3: say, just bounce around for three years. Uh, How about what's his name from – Josh oh, Rosen yeah. still around. Where? I think he was on a practice squad this year. Well, I mean, he was around this year, but is he on somebody's team right now? Josh Rosen was on the Vikings, yeah. Clemson is hiring Garrett Riley to be its OC. Lincoln Riley's younger brother. TCU's OC. that breaking news right now? Yeah, I just saw it. You Strike Willie the iron's hot?
4: Yeah. Well, that's probably a move that, I mean, Garrett Riley would leave TCU no matter what, right?
3: I, I think, too, uh, this was kind of the deal with Kenny Dillingham last year, like, you're an offensive coordinator for an offensive coach. Can it really ever be your offense? You go be an offensive coordinator for Dabo. Kind of hands off. I don't even know what side of the ball Dabo is associated with. Do you? He-, <laughs> he was a wide receiver in college, and it doesn't
4: feel like he's associated with either side. Yeah, he,
3: I don't think he's considered he's like a offensive coach. coordinator, head
4: ball <laughs> coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot like Spur head ball. I guess Spurrier was offensive guy more than uh dabble i think Dabo is much more mike tomlin like defensive guy offensive guy but they are just the guy good guy to be a coordinator remember it's two coordinators never didn't leave for a decade because they're like god this job's incredible we win yeah, who
3: is his oc um tony elliott tony elliott yeah uh kent says a uh, question what do we think of a chiefs Niners super bowl rematch how that would go Remember, the Niners were missing seven defensive starters the first time around. I, I don't think it would go the same way again. I don't think that, but it would be, it'd be pretty devastating if the Chiefs kind of out chess matched you again in that game. I right. think the Niners I think the Niners are underdogs of the Chiefs for the Bills. I think they'd
4: be. What would the number the, be? I think they'd be favored against the Bengals. Five and a half, four four and a half Chiefs if the Niners won, they'd be rolling. They had won what, 10, 13 straight games. I'd say three and a half. Maybe three. I think same with the Bills, probably. If the Bills win three.
3: I I think with the the Bengals or the Niners favored by three. Uh well, I mean, the one I, my first instinct is yes, except the Bengals have just beaten either the Bills or the Chiefs to get there. Now the Niners would have just beaten the Eagles on the road, probably. Potentially the Bengals beat both. Actually, so they've beaten both on the road. Either at home. <laughs> yeah. Would would the Bengals have to play in Atlanta or that just be a true road game?
4: Yeah, I think they're still pissed. The coin flip, maybe still, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Neutral site,
3: everybody. Bills Chiefs would be in Atlanta. Neutral site, the NFL announced. Which my theory is the NFL wants to test out good opportunity for them to test out neutral site conference championship games. Which Wouldn't I that would be good for the NFL? No, I think it'd be bad. I think um I think what would actually turn out being good for the 12-team playoff is home the home sites that'll happen early. And I think taking NFL games off of home sites would be crazy. The other thing is the NFL stadiums are where you play neutral site games. Like, you know, college football plays neutral site games if they play them in NFL stadiums. They play them in Vegas. They play them in SoFi. They play them in Jerry World. They play them in Atlanta. They play them in New Orleans. So we're going to play a NFL is going to have NFC an AFC conference championship games predetermined at non-playoff team sites or like, or what? Well, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. To me, the the only neutral site game for the AFC championship I think would be appropriate is if the Raiders play at home in Allegiant. That's a neutral site. Actually, it's a rare game, probably.
4: I'm a big believer in the elements in football. Like you could make the argument that like the Big Ten, when they go neutral site for the conference championship,
3: it's a dome. I'm pretty sure none of those teams play in a dome. Right? It, it is the most the, – the Big Ten playing in a dome is like a different sport than the Big Ten plays the rest of the year. It makes no sense. It actually does make sense in the sense that you just make sure Ohio State Michigan is not going to get in some mud game with Purdue and lose. So I guess from that standpoint, it makes sense.
4: You could argue that the non-Power 5 conferences where they have the team with the best record host the conference championship game. Yeah. Very NFL like. Yeah, I actually like that. I like, w- would you be against if college football the conference mm-hmm. championship the team with the better
3: record host the game? Kind wow. of NFL style. Would I be against it? I would not be against it. Although I do think what's been established where you have like you're at the same neutral site every the, the you know each league knows where the neutral site game is every year. It's the same place. Yeah, And so SEC, it's kind
1: of
3: our place. Yeah, If you play neutral site games in the NFL, it's not your place. It's somebody else's NFL stadium. Unless you play it like the horseshoe, which, you know, <laughs> 100, that big house. Not a terrible idea. Not a terrible idea, actually. 100, because you can get more people in.
4: I'm not a huge fan of neutral site games, just in general. You know, I, I, yeah. it works in conference championships a little bit because like like you said, every single person in the South knows like we're playing to get to Atlanta to play to basically be the number one seed, right? Like, it's, it's like a buildup. But you could argue, and Vegas is cool, but would it be cooler if just USC or Utah had hosted the game? Because I always think playoff games are pretty sweet, right? Yeah, I mean, part of the... Like Part Minnesota it, is going to be uh, badass 10 minutes before that Minnesota Viking Giants game when they just
3: go yeah. to school. It's going to look sweet. Part of a college game getting played in, at, at a neutral site is like usually the neutral site game is a better. It's just like newer. Right. It's kind of like you guys have earned the chance to play on the big course. Right. That's to me when it's a college team, when it's two college teams, you're playing in these beautiful stadiums that are nicer probably than your college stadium. So yeah. it feels like everyone's kind of stepping up to the big leagues a little bit, right? True, but like if you're Michigan,
4: you have way more people at your stadium than you do with in an indie, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that.
4: A- I- and then factoring in like this one, I-, I hate that they're doing it in a dome because the three best teams, and honestly, yeah, I mean, it, it's it would be a major shock if Cincinnati, Buffalo or Kansas City does not win the AFC. I would say they're home when they're playing at home. The weather is a massive factor in all three places because they're all freezing cold. You know, it feels like Kansas City and Buffalo specifically. I I hate that they went down. Now, in fairness to them, you know, you see, I think Indy turned them down not because they didn't want them there, because like you know Adele's playing or what they just don't. You know, these things are all rented out. So some of these, I would imagine, their options were pretty limited at a lot of NFL stadiums because. Just go to your tickets website. Like there are concerts in some of these places. There are events. There's fucking monster truck. I mean, this this is where they make their cash, right? <laughs> Jim Jimmerse probably loves the off season because you make a bunch of money.
3: I know Jeffrey Lurie used to. You, it's, things always sold out. Yeah, the the only way Kid Lou says owners would never go for it. The only way to you would have to find ways to make more money for everybody. Which, how much more would you really make though? You know, this how much is what you make, and is it worth? diluting what the television product is to make a little more on the, I don't even, like you said, how much, I don't, you're not making more in the gate, right? Right. Unless you just charge more and it's just a new, it's like the AFC is always in Indy. The NFC is always in Atlanta or vague. They're always in Vegas. People can plan in advance. You're just going to charge more becomes a corporate event. Maybe, maybe somehow you make more money that way, but I like an outdoor football game more. Yeah. Well, that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this from five hundred three steel steel kill heard on a podcast at the Bosa family in a in the Bosa family a sack is called a squishy. I predict Bosa with three squishies. Actually, know what podcast this is because it's Ashley Adamson's podcast. I was talking to her today on the phone. She called me. She does a podcast with Lisa McCaffrey, Christian's mom, and they had Nick Bosa's mom on. I guess it's something from Finding Nemo. There was like a character. That was named Squishy, like an octopus or something. Yeah. So she called me to tell me this. So there you go. 503 Steel Kill. The Boses call it a squishy, not a sack. I like that. Your mom is the name of the podcast. If you want to go check it out, that's well, pretty cool.
4: Yeah, Lisa, I I noticed her in some of the pictures that McCaffrey's the, the Coppola family. They're they're you know, on the show? Interwoven. Now. They're they're in the show? No, not in the show. It's more Instagram. You when they post and she posts that they spend a lot of time together when she comes to games those they all roll together you know lisa and the copulas copulas one of her sisters is dating uh braxton barrios the jets little white receiver you know so how many uh,
3: sisters are there three
4: yeah there's an older one uh who does something different there's olivia who's you know the you know kind of the nick bosa of the family and then there is uh The younger sister, who's probably the Joey of the family, still, you know, she's got her shit
3: together too. I I was a little, I'm a little mad at you, your YouTube TV, John, because the other day on the guide, I saw it said the Culpo sisters, and I never watched the show. I'm like, oh, and I click and I'm, I don't know anything. So I'm watching for like eight minutes. Turns out it's 90 Day Fiance, just mislabeled. Yeah. You thought you were watching. I was like, these must be her parents. Maybe this is one of the sisters. They're arguing about whether or not they should move the family. Like the 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 dad who just moved in, he wants to take the girl to Israel. He wants to go live in Israel, and the parents, of course, don't understand why would you do this. And I'm like, this wow, the cool – It turned out it was 90 Day Fiance. So yeah, I have to go. To the, the the, there so is an
4: episode explain. where parents come. They are pretty funny, and they like uh, they just can't. They don't understand what they do to make money. Like they just don't understand it. Even they're not angry at it. They just oh, they, but they're they, in. They, yeah. It's it's a running joke, like they just don't understand what's going on here. Even though she lives in a sweet house, like the Hollywood Hills, you know, like it's pretty clear. Like Chris McCaffrey plays running back, earns twenty million, right? It's like, what does she do? It's she she's very successful, you know. she got a lot of people living with her, you know, her gay assistant, or sister. Gotcha. There's a there's a lot of dogs, you know. There's just a lot okay. going on. Right.
2: It's it's you know, yeah. Christian loves her. I'll, I'll Christian loves out, her a lot. I'll, I gotta check out the show. I gotta check out the show.
3: All right. On that note, uh programming note. This is my Marv Albert, we will be back live Saturday after the first wild card game, which features the Niners and the Seahawks, it turns out. We'll go live. What time's kickoff? 2:30? Is it two thirty or one thirty? I think it's I thought it was one thirty. One thirty Pacific, I think. One thirty Pacific, yeah. One thirty Pacific. One thirty local.
4: Those 30 are the two times of the games? I would guess.
3: Uh one thirty and five fifteen. It's like a typical s- Sunday night game. Saturday. Sunday, ten AM. One thirty Jets Vikings or Giants Vikings. Five fifteen Ravens Bengals and then normal 5:15 Monday night football. And then normal 5:15 Monday night football, yeah. I'm not against Monday night football. You know. i <laughs> not, not either. I know. I know. And I think they picked the right game. Uh yeah, I mean they could. I mean, if you think the Jags game was going to be the best game, would you rather that on Monday? Night? No,
4: I just mean like Tom Brady the Cowboys, like yeah, what yeah, if yeah. Tom Brady's beaten Mike McCarthy? I mean, it's that would be, it's got some two enormous storylines. Or Tom Brady like he just storm off the field. I mean, it's right. it's probably the no brainer game. If he honestly. loses, he does. But it's. I mean, it's a shitty weekend. It just of brands combined. Lamar missing. Seattle's a pretty terrible seven seed. The Dolphins starting Skyler Thompson. Mm. That belongs at ten a.m. I mean, if the NFL is doing thirty million people watching all these games, and they are just they're never going to lose for the foreseeable
3: future. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Peace.